back to another edition of the 615 Sessions podcast. Hope everybody's having a great Friday so far. So, a little different situation, and you know, this is how things go in the podcast world. We were doing the radio show today, and today being Friday at about 2.41 p.m. We were doing the radio show today, and some news broke in the middle of the radio show that is relevant to this podcast. So today, Corey Curtis, Joe Rexroad, WKRN News 2, and... The Athletic and 1025 The Game. They came on the podcast. We did it Thursday afternoon to accommodate some schedules. And, of course, the podcast was about the stadium. And there was news about the stadium today. The new Titans stadium that seems to be, you know, pretty close to happening. So, just a quick update on that. Because I think most of the conversation is still relevant. Well, I know most of the conversation is still relevant. But it's good context to have that on Friday morning... House Speaker Cameron Sexton, he's a Republican from Crossville, he was on Dan Mandis's radio show on WTN uh, Super Talk, which is in the Cumulus Nashville building, which is the same building that I do my radio show for on 104.5 The Zone. So we saw this article go up in the middle of our show today, did not know that it was Dan, like just right down the hall from us, that was interviewing House Speaker Sexton who on Dan's radio show said that the ownership of the Titans, which is the Adams family, is willing to put up $700 million on the new facility to replace Nissan Stadium. Now that's huge, because we're talking about a potential $2 billion cost on a new facility with 500 mil going to come, it seems, from the state, provided that the legislature sees it through. That remains to be seen, by the way. Some stuff still has to happen on that front. But apparently, well, not apparently, uh, uh, House Speaker Sexton said that they are, quote, investing everything they have, liquidating everything they have to come up with $700 saying that it would be their, quote, largest single investment. So that says a lot. Um, It says a lot about the fact that they want control over this thing. They want it to be owned by the Tennessee Titans and by the Adams family. That seems to be very, very critical to them to have, you know, obvious control over who does what in where at what time, so long as it's in their stadium. And, you know, it's a good investment in the sense for the city of Nashville, good investment for the Adams family, how much of a worthwhile investment it is for the residents of Davidson County. You know, that can be debated uh, at great length. And in fact, many think pieces have been written on what a economic blight new stadiums can be on a local economy. So, obvious cost-benefit analysis. But the point being, we could have an answer on whether this thing is going to be fully funded in like the next couple of months. Because it's moving, I think, a lot faster than any of us were aware of just as far as their timeline is concerned. And these are all decisions that are coming in the in the last couple of weeks as they figure out, okay, do we need to, can we get going on this thing to potentially be in the money for, say, the World Cup in 2026 as one of the host sites. So that's the new information up to, uh, or it seems, come up with $700 million, does not say more than $700 million, it does not say about $700 million, the House Speaker was quoted as saying 700 mil. So that's the number that people are going to be talking about. And it's a number that's very relevant to this conversation with Corey Curtis and Joe Rexroad. But first, Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford has been in Middle Tennessee for nearly 40 years, since 1983. 
making things happen with quality American-made Ford vehicles and, of course, award-winning customer, award customer service. Easy for me to say. Two Rivers Ford has the Built for You program, which allows you to take any new Ford vehicle, select any color you want, and choose any customizable accessories. They'll build it for you. They'll deliver the thing right to your door. I did the exact same thing. I love my Ford Explorer. It's my baby. I have I've had it in my driveway for three weeks. I've probably taken it to the car wash four times. It is a, a bit of an obsession for me, and it's because, you know, I built it from start to finish, and you can do that at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Here is Joe and Corey. My Commodore 64. We might as well record. Uh -oh. We might as well record this shit. We're doing the podcast already. This is what happens when Joe okay. Rex Road and Corey Curtis jump on. This is this is completely. It's just stupid. Why do we always have to revolve around you, Joe? Why do you have to oh, make I, this thing so difficult? I was worried it was about me. I I was asked a time. I said sounds good, and I just asked you to make sure. I just want to check to see. If we were going to be on time because we've had other guests. Well, okay, fine. Me too. In the past, who have totally botched the timing. <laughs> it's just to see Corey Curtis is always punctual. He's always ready to go. He's got a bunch of interesting things to bring to the table that I don't necessarily have prepared. And then there's wow. Joe. That's, He's always that's... impossibly tan too. Tan and fit. Unlike us. <laughs> By the Hi, way, Corey, I, I, I appreciate it. I, I officially am retiring from Iron Man over oh over. really it's, it's it's too much it's too much i'm done you made I, it out alive congratulations thank you anybody wants to buy a bike i've, I've got one that's <laughs> i mean listen that's that's a pretty incredible thing i mean what the news two crew is uh overwhelmingly active in way that most of us oh. media types are not between you and emily running marathons and Ka Kayla. kayla and emily make me look a, like a gigantic fat slob <laughs> But but then but then consider every other outlet in town, Corey. What what do we look like? See, I mean, it's, no, it's all, it's all you got to keep perspective. You look like on radio this. hosts. That's we look like sports like. radio hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Tough scene. You, what people don't know is right now you're both in your tidy whities and there's a bowl of Cheerios in front of you, and you're in your mom's basement. Buddy, Honey that's been Cheerios, me for though. three years. Sugar. You've just just described my entire career. It's only recently <laughs> that I've gotten out of the basement and been allowed upstairs in the main house. All right. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today, I guess. Um, I want to talk about the stadium thing because the stadium thing, I think, is hugely interesting. I just had Nate Rao on the radio show. By the way, Corey Curtis, WKRN News 2, Sports, uh, Sports Extra. You can see all of the News 2 crew covering all things local. Joe Rex Road, Robbie and Rex Road, 6 to 10 a.m., 102.5 The Game, and, of course, theathletic.com. Very good. Uh, I had Nate Rao on the radio show today, and we were talking about the idea that Bill Lee wants to give the Tennessee Titans $500 million in bonds to build probably a $2 billion stadium. Joe, how much have you guys talked about this throughout the last couple of weeks? Quite a bit. I mean, I, I although I could, I'd say we probably could talk about it more, but I know that we will talk about it more as you know, things start to take shape because you know there's certainly a nice chunk of money that still needs to be uh you know figured out how exactly that's going to to play out and um i mean we know you guys know how these things can go sometimes they can go pretty smoothly i mean the the buffalo thing that just went down you know they got 850 million dollars in public money they also got a 200 million dollar loan from the nfl so i imagine that's that not some, unusual though which which one? The NFL. 
the NFL has been in the business of a lot of these yeah. loans lately. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, as you say, saying, I mean, that's something you could probably expect, something like that with this. But $850 million uh, in public money, is uh, that's a pretty significant number. Um, uh, but, you know, it, really, that thing went uh, pretty smoothly start to finish. You think about, obviously, some of the recent situations where teams have moved. I mean, it could, there's a wide range of possibilities. I mean, I feel like the Titans are getting out in front on this, but there's still some things to figure out here. Yeah, I mean, look, without a doubt, the Titans are getting out in front. I've been talking about this issue, and I'm not the only one I know, for years because it's about what Nashville wants to be. And everybody was like, oh, I don't want to build a new stadium for the Titans, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's nonsense. Whatever. This, this is about what Nashville wants to be, okay? And that's you build this stadium for whatever the city wants. Yes, it will be where the Titans play. Yes, I expect the Titans to have control of it. And so I don't know how much money the Titans are going to front. I don't know how much state money they'll take. I don't know how much city money that they'll take because I expect the Titans to front a large chunk of the money uh, and want to control what this stadium looks like, how it functions and who it gets leased to. Especially with all of these conversations that have been, I mean, really just conjecture and, and foolish on the part of like the MLB to Nashville people to put out renderings of a, of a baseball stadium on the Titan, on the Titans property, basically in a way that, the uh, the NFL had or the NFL uh, foot, the the team here had no interest in being a part of. I think there's so many different elements of this. For example, like I had I had a caller bring this up today, Corey. Like, what do you do with some something like the Music City Grand Prix that has directly? I mean, they've just agreed to a multi-year deal on that. It was a huge success, I think, by all accounts. Mm -hmm. in its first year here. And that's something between that and the timeline for the world cup, which Nashville is still very much in consideration of. I, I think these are all early questions, but mm -hmm. I think there are so many different facets of this outside of just the money as to how soon and how realistic it is that this ends up getting done. Well, look, I think it's going to get done sooner rather than later because Agreed. everybody realized they, they want it to, um, if they start by 20, if they get the stadium up for 2026, it'll be ready for the world cup. And I think that there's a lot of people here who would like to spotlight this city with the world cup, with this big fancy new stadium, heading up this giant new development on the river. I think they like the optics of that a whole heck of a lot more than the optics of Nissan stadium. That's still with undeveloped property out in front of it. So I think, I think the city has a lot of motivation to make it happen. The Titans have a lot of motivation to make it happen because I think they'd like to run the facility. They understand how antiquated and under budget their facility was Burke Nihil, in fact, congratulated his predecessors on being the only people in NFL history to come in under budget on a stadium. Just think about this. The 500 million that the governor has proposed to put forward is almost double what yeah. Nissan stadium cost. And it would be probably one fifth of the cost of what a new stadium would be. Cause look, we can keep floating numbers. Those numbers are only going to go up. Inflation yeah. isn't going anywhere. It's only going to get more expensive. And I think Burke Nihill is on the money on this where he's like, we want to get this started because it's only getting more expensive. I think that's smart. That's good business. I think Amy Adams Strunk has hired a lot of smart people over there. And so I think the fact that the governor put that forward yesterday just shows you that the fast forward button has been hit on this thing. And the city and the state and the Titans all know it.
I mean, it's it's almost the same kind of principle as, you know, just to, to bring it back to like local sports tie of getting ahead of the A.J. Brown contract before another Christian Kirk comes along. Like this is this is exactly the way that I think these things are being viewed now. And, you know, I mean, Rex, there's there's plenty of arguments against these things. Like I have regularly on my radio show, David, David Sampson, a former president of the Miami Marlins, who like famously is one of the most regarded as one of the most evil people in sports for how he built the city of Miami out of so much money, so much public money to build a stadium that's now like a blight on that area of town. And with that, I thought a lot of people would move away from publicly funded stadiums. And yet here is Buffalo, as we talked about, in, in a much different circumstance, because they're not they're not going to be in contention for a Super Bowl with this thing because it's open air. They're taking they're taking eight hundred and fifty million dollars in public funds for an open air stadium that's not going to be in consideration for a Super Bowl or not going to be a lock. Outside of the odd, you know, they played one at the Giants stadium a couple of years ago where right. the weather worked out really, really well. I think they should get one, by the way, but yes. Buffalo? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be I mean, cool. they but lucked they out with Jersey. That. They won't do that. Hey, one of the most famous football games in history, Lambeau Field, Cowboys, Packers, negative a million. We still talk about it. So I Look, I was anyway. at the Titans game when they played the Patriots and it was minus 14 in the playoffs. That was stupid. So I hate your idea. <laughs> but here's, yeah, but to, to your point, Buck, on, on this, and, and I think it's a great point, Corey, on, on the World Cup. Um, if they could actually get that timeline solidified, I think it'd be awfully tough for FIFA to not make mm-hmm. Nashville one of the cities. FIFA's hard to read, and I'm sure they're they, you know, they're looking for a bag of McDonald's somewhere in there to also make it, was, it happen. I was like, come on, Joe. We know what FIFA's all about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Same thing as the Olympic Committee's all about. Yeah, that's right. But um, but I, th- I think that would that would help a lot. That would be a huge deal. You think about but but so different from Buffalo, Buck, like you just said. Look, if this happens, I believe I believe Nashville will be a regular Final Four city. Right. Um, I believe yeah. Nashville will be involved oh, yeah. in the, in the college football playoffs at least as a as an occasional championship game uh, host, but maybe more than that, depending on how it gets reconfigured. You know, the concerts, of course, all winter long. Every um, yeah. anything you can think of, we will have that here because everything else is is locked into place. So the benefits of this. Yeah, especially if you want to compare those two situations, that is a please keep the bills in town situation. Yeah, this is a this could be. I mean, look, this could make a lot of people a lot of money, and um, I think that I, I think that's reflected already in you know what Governor Lee has done. I mean, I I think anybody can see that, that and of course the enclosure is very key here because that's the that you have to have that. Um, which kind of makes me sad by the way, guys, I don't know how you feel, but I love the, I know that the Nissan stadium needs a lot of work and updating, but I love, uh, probably three, four, five Sundays here are great. You couldn't beat that. I I agree with you. And we, and we were actually looking at some of the retractable roof stadiums. I don't like the ones that are built like Reliant or Lucas oil, where it's like a sunroof. And it just kind of opens the top. But yes. if you check out Allegiant Stadium in in Las Vegas, yeah, that is really well done. Right. And it looks when it's open, it looks like an open air stadium. And so I think that because I agree with you, Joe, I think there still should be positioned to play open air football here because the weather is too nice not to. And and I think that the technology and the and the planning has improved enough to where you can build a facility like that where it actually looks like an open air stadium with the roof open 
I, I think that, you know, it's, you're talking about Santa. There's always going to be some degree of like, we're sanitizing football a little bit. Right. But this is just the where that this is the way that the NFL is trending. And frankly, I care more about what the playing surface is made of more than I do, you know, that it's open air or not open air, you know, just for the sake of playing the games and for player injuries and things of that nature. But like, I, I think there's so many different ways to look at this. Cause you're right, Joe. Like I, I love Sun, Sundays are a lot more fun when it feels like football weather, mm-hmm. like when it's mid October or, I mean, even, even now, uh, early November with the way that it's hot as hell still in October here in middle Tennessee and probably going to keep getting hotter over the next couple of years, one would imagine. Um, but I, I think the more that the more that this kind of fleshes out, does it, does it, is there, is there a reason that it has to be retractable, retractable versus like translucent, for example, SoFi has that kind of thing that you still have that weird like sliver of open air at mm-hmm. the top, despite the translucent ceiling where John Gruden's furious for a variety of reasons, but uh, <laughs> furious at that particular time because they're in a lightning delay, even though they're technically in a closed air stadium at SoFi. I don't know if there is one specific reason why to do one over the other, other than, you know, what is the price point? What is the estimate on that? Well, and it's about... I know at least one stadium, the difference was, was, uh, priced out to be 300 million. I don't remember which one, but, um, the vibes I'm getting and you know, this, this isn't, uh, it's set in stone, but I'm, I'm getting anti retractable roof vibes. Me too. So, really? you know, which I, which I think is, which I think is cost related. Uh, but man, I, I'm, I agree, Corey, I, I would love for that to be an option. And even, you know, again, like on the concert front, um, yeah. I, I think the open air concert, like some of the, you know, the Garth Brooks or yeah, whatever. I mean, I think th- that's where you have the better option to close it. Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree with you completely. And look, I, and I know it's easy for me to say it. If you're going to spend the money, spend the money and do it right. Don't spend two and a half billion or two billion and regret that you didn't spend the other 300 million. I mean, that's that's cutting off your nose to spite your face. And if I that mean, really is what it all it is, I would totally, you know, I mean, if it's, if it's less than a half bill, right. I think I it's mean, worth it. If you're, yeah. Cause you can, you can pay spend all the money. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, well, you're we're, right, we're, Corey. we're in the middle of free agency. Uh, thank right you. Now. We're talking about a salary cap that isn't real. The damn, re- well, I, I think that Rex road Loki just reported something because there are similar vibes coming out of that situation uh, on, on my end as well. So I think that's something to keep an eye on moving forward, depending on how much further we get in, you know, a short amount of time, but you know, I mean, it, it's the, it's the damn NFL. If they, they can do more than $200 million loans. I mean, we're, we're in the middle of free agency yeah. technically still. And the Rams are out here giving Bobby Wagner $50 million. Like there's just no salary cap. I don't believe that there's any kind of financial limit, that there's any kind of monetary limit on any of this stuff. Just spend the damn money. I don't care if you're one of the more cash, not, not as cash. You're not Jerry Jones. You're not Stan Kroenke, but you still got plenty of money to spend. Well, yeah, look, Kroenke's out there. Another bill. All right. Another bill. Well, that's, that's, that's Walmart money, kids. That's a different kind of money. <laughs> well, it's not, I mean, look, the issue is never spending money. It's making it work under the cap. Right. right? And I guess that's, that's the question. Cause you know, I always say the bill eventually comes due because the bill is eventually going to come due. But I think the Rams are looking at this with their Matthew Stafford window. How many more years does Matthew Stafford have? We have a Super Bowl team right now. Aaron Donald, how many more years does he have? So we're going to try to win another Super Bowl right now. 
And I think that that's the tact that they are taking. And we're in a different era, guys. We're in an era where you don't have four to five years anymore. You have two to three if you're lucky. Okay. And so these younger, newer GMs and head coaches are much more willing to trade, uh, much more willing to take on uh, bad contracts. Um, to try to get themselves over the hump because they know if they don't, that they can get blown out. You can win a Super Bowl and get fired a year or two later. Just ask Doug Peterson. I mean, just ask Bruce Arians. There's a I mean, statue to Doug Peterson outside the Eagle yeah. stadium. Yeah. And, and, and he gets fired. So they know they've got to win and they've got to keep winning. I, I still don't think you should spend money unwisely. I think an aging linebacker getting that kind of money is, is a bad use of money for me. Um, but if that's the way they want to spend it, they've won a lot more football games than I have. So more power to them. Well, I mean, but it's, you know, just to kind of pivot into, into off season talk, I guess, since we might as well talk a little bit of Titans while we're here. I mean, it's been a hugely practical approach on, on this end of things, right? Like they didn't go out and pay the big money wide receiver, free agent contract. They went and traded for one that was more within their price range that had aged well, under the current market, especially when you see the Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill. And I mean, they're going to have to pay one of those guys eventually, but mm -hmm. it's been a much more frugal is one way to look at it, but practical, probably the most, the, the best way to assess it Rex road where I, you can't dispute any of what they've done, but I guess you're just, you're looking at it and saying, okay, are you really enough to compete with everything else that's out there when everybody else has gone just batshit crazy in the AFC? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, if, if, but if you weren't going to change quarterback, if you weren't going to figure out some way to go get one of those top, top guys, what was, what was realistic? Frankly, the Titans have done more than I thought they might do. I thought it might be even more quiet than this. They went and got a guy who I think can be a number one tight end. Uh, and they went and they got Robert Wood. So I really like that move, you know, look at so so the, I, all these teams oh, I shouldn't say all but basically everybody in the league is it here or there restructuring a deal right to to you know kick the can down the road so where did they look they looked at a guy that they feel pretty good about wanting to 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 have him down the road as compared to well look I mean what did they do with Tannehill maybe they regret that now I mean I, I feel like some of their recent moves are a little bit prohibitive now but again I I mean, they've found enough money to do these things. They've found the they've found a way to keep Zach Cunningham. Um, I mean, yeah, overall, they haven't restructured him, have they? And they, I find they, that shocking. They did. They did restructure they did. him. Okay, he's, he's gonna he's gonna count against the cap for just over six as opposed to ten. Okay, that was the number I expected from him. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So overall, so, like I just I think it's I mean, look, I, I think it's it's been pretty effective. Agreed. Based on the based on uh, the the situation, and of course now they just have to have an incredibly good draft. Well, not well, even an incredibly good draft, Corey. They just have to have some guys who give them something in year one, as opposed to the last two seasons. Christian Fulton, to his credit, is gonna is gonna be a above average to potentially you know really really good corner, depending on how the rest of his career goes. He's only in year two, and we saw him take a substantial leap with a more normalized offseason. And this draft bodes well for what exactly their needs are. But we thought that last year, and then they waited until day three to take a wide receiver that who just didn't matter in any way, shape, or form last year. So I don't know. Got cut. He got yeah, cut. Well, he did get cut. He actually he did cut. get cut. That's right. <laughs> okay. A, a few things here. Yep. Number one, when I, I agree largely with, with everything Joe said, 
Um, and when you look at what the Titans have got with Henry Hooper, Hooper drives the boat chief Hooper, um, uh, AJ Brown, and now Robert Woods, who's in addition. I like really well, those guys, when you look at the AFC and how good it is out there, those guys give you a chance. Yep. All right. No amount of money that you spend at those positions is going to give you a much better chance. If Tannehill doesn't suck in the playoffs. Okay. And so it's on him. It's on him at this point. And that's why I view this as a last chance to do anything in the postseason. Cause oh, if I he doesn't do it, do. yeah, if he doesn't do it this year in the postseason, they, they can't stand up for him. There's no standing up for it whatsoever. As for the draft, we stood here on our desks, pounding our chest saying after the disaster of Isaiah Wilson, there is no way they could take a chance on a guy like Caleb Farley, no matter how talented they think he may be, because back surgery is not ACL surgery. Mm-hmm. It's back surgery, and it stinks, okay? That guy's made of glass, all right? He's played one season of football. He's had two back surgeries and two ACLs, all right? That's what they drafted last year. How on earth can they take a chance at all on a draft pick they have to find the draft pick who is wrapped in bubble wrap all right has 16 layers of cellophane around it has you know those like reflectors that you used to have all over your bike it's covered with those so nothing can hit it they have to come up with the safest first round pick of all time because they cannot go a third year in a row with a first round pick who gives them absolutely Nothing. Nothing. They could trade away all their ones for sevens and they would get more than they got the last two years. So, so you're saying they're drafting a punter who's never been injured. Is that? Is no, that I, I, I'll take it because they could get more from him. <laughs> he's, he's saying that they're drafting Jamison Williams, of course. At <laughs> Pretty much a lock. <laughs> who's the other, you know, what, who's the other kid from Alabama? The other receiver who's hurt. Matchy, Matchy. John Matchy. Matchy. He was awesome at the combine. I mean, he was Awesome at the combine. I loved him. I'd love him in round two if he was on the board. Sure. I think that, listen, but that's that's the thing, right? Like, they don't, they don't have to do that. They don't have to do the Jamison Williams thing this year. They can let the Chiefs do that. And that may be dangerous at some point down the road when the Chiefs take Jamison Williams and he ends up being an incredible compliment. Um, maybe not Tyreek Hill, but something damn near good enough to give them what they now lack in that offense as a vertical It's not $30 trade. million, dollars, yeah. Ex- exactly, right? That's that. It makes all the sense in the world for mm-hmm. them. And in the same way, you know, Corey, just to kind of work off your point, I mean, they're doing the same thing with Tua, right? Tua and Tannehill in a way that is weird because they're both <laughs> have Dolphins connections are now in prove-it seasons where you've got Tyreek Hill and uh, oh, I'm blank. Uh, I'm blank. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. You've got Mike Kosecki. They still technically Kisecki, have Devontae yeah. Parker under contract, and they just mm-hmm. went and signed Chase Edmonds from the Arizona Cardinals, like yeah. with the savant allegedly in uh, the newest savant in the NFL with Mike McDaniel calling the plays, who understands how to work around quarterback limitations famously. And then there's, you know, Ryan Tannehill and Todd Downing in a much different, you know, in a much different light heading into much different stages of their careers. But it's just such an interesting thing to kind of play out. And they don't have to do the injured wide receiver because there's so many damn good wide receivers. Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. They didn't have to take a hurt DB last year. There were good ones there. Well, I will, I will counter this. If, if look, the Caleb Farley thing is very different than the Jameson Williams thing. It's an ACL. And I'm sorry, but an Thank ACL. Thank you. Yeah, but 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 listen, if he's there, 
with his speed, if you well, absolutely love, I'm not, that to me is not a non-starter. And, and I, if I'm John Robinson, send me all your gifts and memes about how I love injured guys. I'll take them all, send them all my way. And when this guy's, Finally gives the Titans a deep threat, someone who can actually take the top off a of defense and scare safeties. They had Khalif Raymond. What are you talking about? <laughs> they had them in their hip pocket. Taewon Taylor's there. They let him get Taywan out. Taewon Taylor. And you let him off the hook. <laughs> uh, Finish I your think, analysis, Rex Road. I, that, I can't, I've got nothing else. That was fantastic. <laughs> no, I, I just look, I say keep an open mind. Even on injured Jamison Williams, because he is his top gear is different. Yeah. Agreed. No. And they, that would be, I mean, there's a variety of different ways that you can compliment AJ Brown and Robert Woods this year, whether it is Jamison Williams at whatever point he ends up being healthy, whether it is Traylon Burks, who has done so many different kinds of things at Arkansas. And I was, he's pretty. We did. Oh my God. He's great. <laughs> we, we Cosell, Greg Cosell and I did the, the podcast yesterday and Greg made him sound like if deployed correctly, which of course implies competency on the part of the play caller. And I think Uh-oh. there's a degree of competency that still has yet to be proved with Todd Downing, but time for that at a later date, I, if deployed, right, you have a version of Debo Samuel or Cordell Patterson that you could do a lot of fun things with that. They severely lacked since they let John go like that's, that's my thing. There's I, there's so many different ways that they could go. You you can't I, I don't know that necessarily, Corey, that I would fault them if they did the Jamison Williams thing. I would get it and yeah. it would just be a whole a whole a whole ordeal. I just think that there is still, you know, the offensive line stuff, even if they did it for a third straight year, like he's not Joe Burrow. He's been taking these hits a lot longer than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, we do, remember talking to Bud Dupree before they played the yeah. Bengals in that playoff game. And he's like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't fear that yet. He hasn't had to yet. He hasn't had yeah. that accumulation of hit. And I'm looking at the dude who got sacked almost as many times as Joe Burrow last season and Ryan Tannehill be like, yeah, that dude knows what it feels like to get hit. I think they need some help on the front end. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, Zion Johnson to me is a oh, good pick at 26. So I mean, good. yeah. I mean, I, you got, you plug him in there. You got 10 year starter at left guard. So I have no problem going offensive line. Uh, oh, by the way, Zion Johnson's also healthy. I get what you're saying, Joe, about Jamison. I, I, I do. I, I do. Because they, I mean, they don't have that taken off the top guy. And if you think he's elite and you think he's healthy, I get it. But you just cannot take a chance. And the, the, what did we hear about Caleb Farley? That no other team in the league was going to take him in the first round because of his medicals. All right. And I think that they got a little overly confident after the way Jeffrey Simmons worked out. Um, and I... Because like I've said, my other problem with Caleb Farley is he's played so little football and he's been hurt so many times. Yeah, Yeah. it's a different situation. It it is a different situation. And so, you know, and and again, this gets me back to my whole other point. And and what I've been saying for forever about this draft is that they if they can trade back and get more top 100 picks, that there are so many players who can help them on the offensive line at wide receiver um, or at tight end, uh, that they could benefit from having two or three picks rather than picking at 26. Cause there are those guys out there as for having that Debo, um, guy. Uh, yes, I agree with that, but I think Robert Woods can do some of those things for them as well. Now he wasn't as thick as I expected him to be when we met him, but he Burks, is when we met Burks. No, I met Robert Woods when we oh, met him okay. the other day. He wasn't as thick, you know, because they like to run him end around and do yeah. some of those things with him as well. Um, but he's very um, bendy. Um, you know, he's 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 got you know like AJ's, you know, he's built like a 
M1 tank. AJ's um, an ox. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just a different breed. Uh, so yeah, and and look, what what I forgot who said it um, that the Titans look better coming off the bus than than anybody. John John Robinson and Mike Vrabel have a type. They they like big and they like physical, and I don't blame them because in the fourth quarter. That shows up, baby. We've seen it over and over again. And I think Traylon Burks absolutely fits that category. No better embodiment of that than Nick Westbrook Aquino, wide receiver two in perpetuity. Joe Rex Road at the Athletic, Robbie and Rex Road, 1025 the game, 6 to 10 a.m. You can catch Corey Curtis on WKRN News 2 with the whole crew and Sports Extra Daily live streaming. Oh, you brought it up. Their digital mm. platforms. Yeah, I did, buddy. Yeah, I Sports did. Extra Daily. Is no more. Oh damn it! <laughs> also, all right. Well, we broke some more news on here. All it's right. not. It's been off the air for two weeks. Thanks for watching, guys. <laughs> this is what I get. This is what I get. I try to plug people's stuff. This is what I get. <laughs> Goodbye, boys. Hey, I had a blog in 2005. Did you plug that before we go? Shut up, Rex Road. <laughs>